John's Gospel, chapter four, five. And I'm going to start reading at verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that beareth witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Now he's referring back to the Old Testament, two or three witnesses. You sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. But I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say, that you might be saved. He, that is John, was a burning and a shining light, and ye were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. <clears throat> but I have greater witness than that of John. For the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do, bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself which has sent me, hath borne witness of me, ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. How could Michelangelo paint a picture? And you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he hath sent, him you believe not. And of course Christ is whom he hath sent. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And you will, will not come to me that you might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. That will be the Antichrist. How can you believe which receive honor one of another? And seek not the honor that cometh from God only. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? Now, Jesus believed the Old Testament. Amen. I hate to say believe. 
he knew it was true. But we've got a we've got a a world today, a religious world today, that wants to act like that the Old Testament is a book and the New Testament is a book, and they don't necessarily have anything to do with each other, and you can have this one without that one. Well, you've got preachers, I've talked about Andy Stanley, and there are others. And most all pastors today, especially of the of the liberal churches, Baptist and other persuasions, they want to stay out of the Old Testament. The Old Testament gets them in trouble because of what it states. But if they only knew what they're doing, the New Testament will get you in as much trouble as the old. And here's what I want us to look at. In the New Testament, there are, now I haven't counted every one. This is pretty close to accurate. It may be accurate. But it may be a few off, one way or another. The Old Testament is quoted 855 times in the New Testament. Now that doesn't act like, doesn't sound like we ought to fold up the Old Testament and do away with it, does it? And of course, when Jesus is on earth during his uh, time, well, from our calendar, zero, the year zero to 33 and a half somewhere in that vicinity, really he probably was born five to six years before zero. But so how do you, how do you get born before he's born? But that's called we're messing with the, with the Pope's calendar. That's why we messed up. But anyway, that's all they had. When Paul and the others, Peter, when they quoted, when they referred to Scripture, they're talking about the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So any man, woman, anybody that would try to tell me that they're a, a believer and then put the Old Testament down, I, could, I mark them down as a heretic. Amen. And as a heretic, uh, we don't have church affiliation with heretics. Can't do it. Now, I'm not talking about personal. I might say, hello, you got your heresy straightened out yet? I'm not going to go very far down that road until I say something to them about their heresy. That's like an excluded church member. Now the, the Mennonites, the Amish and Mennonites, they uh, shun. That's the word they use. Uh, if they see an, ex an excluded church member walking on this side of the street, they'll walk on the other, other side of the street. I don't think we ought to be like that. And I'll tell any excluded church member, 
Yes, you're welcome to come on back and sit and listen to the Word of God, and hopefully the Lord will burden your heart and you'll get straightened out. I'll tell any lost person that. Uh, I don't want a bunch of transgenders in here, guys dressing like women and women like men. I don't want them in here like that. But they come in and act like they got a little bit of sense. I'm glad for them to come here and listen to the word. We don't put, we don't ask anybody to join. And you've got to, you've got to have the right criteria to join. That's just the way it is. Uh, but anyway, uh, if I'm talking to a, a discipline church member, somewhere in my conversation, to be honest with God and with, with them, I need to say something, brother, I'm praying for you, that you'll get yourself back in the will of God and get to serving the Lord again. Uh, I'm right on that. So, same way with a heretic. But now, a, a heretic that is militant with it, I'm not going to have that kind of relationship with them. Anyway, in Mark 10, you can write these down. Now, you might want them, if you haven't written them down, you might want to and refer to them sometime. Mark 10, verse 6, Jesus said, now, I, I don't particularly want a red letter edition, but I've got one. That's the way it came. But this is all in red letters. That means Jesus said it. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Now, you realize what that does? That upholds the doctrine of special creation, fiat creation that God spoke and it was done. The six literal 24-hour day creation as presented in Genesis 1, Jesus referred to it as absolute fact. What does that do with your gap theorist? The people believe in the gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. What about your day-age theorist? There are million, billions of years between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Or day-age that each day represented millions of years. Now, to just think about that a second. Look at what God did on each day. And they if they lasted millions and possibly billions of years. How did the rest of it go? 
It's, I mean, it's so, it's so ridiculous. Ignorant. But Jesus said, from the beginning uh, of the creation, God made them male and female. Now, how many genders are there? Male, female. And do you know that is what the science reads? There is no evidence anywhere under any microscope that there's more than two genders, male and female. You've got a whole world right now. There's places in this world, me just saying what I'm saying, I go to jail. Because I'm, I don't know what they'd call me. And yet there's Jesus just, oh, well, we just believe what Jesus said. Really? Really? Then why don't you look at what he said? I know you all believe what he said. But they say we believe what Jesus said and then turn around and run their mouths on that other stuff. They can't. They don't know what Jesus believed, what Jesus taught. Uh, Romans 1, uh, 20, for, since the creation, for the, for the invisible things are clearly seen from the creation, since the creation. And that's exactly the terminology that Jesus uses. So now look at uh, Matthew 19. We read the last half of that tonight. Verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read? Don't you ever read your Bible? That's what he said to the Pharisees. And what did they have to read? The Old Testament. That he which made them at the beginning made them male and female. There you go again. Adam and Eve. Male and female. Jesus didn't say that they were symbolic. You realize that you've got a load of so-called Baptist and Christian colleges all across the country that are teaching that Adam and Eve were merely symbolic, that they were not literally, historically, man and woman. Ask them at the Creation Museum. They've got a list of all of the alleged Christian colleges and what they teach. And there, by comparison, is just a handful that teach that Genesis 1 through 11 are literal history and that Adam and Eve were 
true human beings, and the first man and the first woman. And then you've got those idiots that say, get rid of the Old Testament. Jesus used the Old Testament a lot, so did the other writers. Uh, where Matthew 23. Let's just look at Luke 11, because I'm going to run in time problem. Luke 11. Now this is all red letters. So it's all Jesus talking. That's so far as what we've seen is what Jesus said. In verse uh, 51. From the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple, verily I say unto you, it shall be required of this generation. The blood of Abel. Other things in that verse. But I want us to look at the blood of Abel. Look quickly at 1 John. Chapter 3. Verse 10. And this... The children of God are manifest, brought forth. And the children of the devil, by contrast, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. You can write that down as true. Neither be he, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. That's the devil. Now, if you have any doubts about Cain, you see it right here, that he was of the wicked one, Satan. And slew his brother, and wherefore or why slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brothers were righteous. Marvel not, my brethren, that the world hate you. Now, this, I'm not going to finish that out because my point is this. Is that Jesus taught us that Cain murdered Abel. He didn't say symbolically. That's real space-time history events. The first murder. John brings out when he says that he slew him. The Greek brings out that he slaughtered him. Now somebody, I heard somebody say it was with a rock. I don't know that it was with a rock. It could have been, but it didn't have to be. You think they couldn't have made a rock knife? And I'll tell you what, a flint... A knife made out of flint is, is sharp. Uh, it's already serrated. You don't have to. Uh, so he butchered his brother. All right. Uh, Luke 17. We're in Luke 11. Go to 17. 
Verse 26. Again, this is all red letter stuff, folks. And as it was in the days of Noe, or Noah, we call him, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, and they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Uh, Jesus taught that the flood of Noah's day was real, <clears throat> and it was universal, or worldwide, <clears throat> not local. He said, destroy them all. Everything that Jesus said about Noah and the flood upheld the truth of it. <clears throat> you read, well, you, we saw, we've seen the science guy that's not a science guy. Oh, you know the anniversary or the birthday of a well-known fella was, well, I don't know what the date is now, but it was the second of this month, Charles Darwin. He's kind of like old Bill Nye. Uh, he's not a scientist, didn't, doesn't have a degree in science at all. Uh, certainly not a doctor, not a, Ph.D. in anything. Do you know the only degree that Charles Darwin had he was graduated from the Episcopalian school for priests. They called him a great scientist. <clears throat> no, he just wrote a book that they can tap, tap into and say, well, there's no, there's no truth to this. Well, let me tell you what. You've heard so far, everything that, we, that I've talked about, every event, Old Testament event, that's what Jesus Christ said verbatim, word for word. I think that ought to make you feel pretty warm and fuzzy. All right. <coughs> Matthew 24. And verse 36. But of that day and hour, again, it's all red letter. Everything I've read to you now is red letter. It's all Jesus Christ. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So anybody says they do know, they're a liar. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were 
eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. <clears throat> now I've often wondered what that meant. Marrying and giving in marriage. I've never had anybody explain that to me, what that means. Have you, brother? I've ne- you ever, anybody ever have that? Never had that explained to me. I think that our Supreme Court has interpreted that scripture for us. Marrying and giving in marriage. Now, that wouldn't make sense if they're just getting married. What? Nothing wrong with that. But giving in marriage. I think, I think they had a whole lot of marriage that's going on like we've got today. Two men, two women. And they're, they're, they're even going to be more weird than that. If you, get, if you can get more weird than that. But anyway, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and, ha- and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus taught the judgment of the flood. Everybody wants it. Well, let's, let's pray that God will bless America again. We heard that song, that old song. I know people mean well by saying that. God bless America. Well, I wish he could, but we're not in the shape for him to bless us. Can God bless individuals in America? Sure he can. And we'll continue to do so. But God to bless our nation would have to see that our nation turns to God. I don't say turn back, just turns to God. In repentance and faith and receiving the word of God. And they're nowhere near that. They're getting further and further away from that as we speak. But did Jesus believe the Old Testament? Well, he knew the Old Testament. Absolutely. So, uh, John 8 real quick. John 8, verse 56. Your father Abraham, now he's talking to the Pharisees, rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old. Hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Now we know that's what, that's what God told Moses before the burning bush. He said, I am that I am. But here Jesus uses the same exact terminology that God used, the Father used before the burning bush used to Moses. And so... What they do after that, they tried to stone him. Verse 59 said they took up stones to stone him. But here's my point. 
is that Abraham is as much a person of history as Jesus is. And all of the rest of the patriarchs. This is all Old Testament stuff cited in the New Testament by the Lord Jesus. Now let's look at uh, Luke 17. Verse 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, We've heard so much. If anybody's got Haley's handbook, Bible handbook, in the archaeology section there, he's got a section there that shows when they uncovered Ur of the Chaldees in one of their archaeological digs. Uh, But then also... I'm not sure it's in that book, but anyway, there is there there are reports that they did made their digs around the southern part of Palestine, down below the Dead Sea, in the proximity of where Sodom and Gomorrah were, those cities of the plain, and they've dug up. Fire, brimstone, which is sulfur. And it's ash, it's been on fire. It's been. But we don't have to have those archaeological finds. We've got the Word of God. Amen. But the, my point is this is that Sodom and Gomorrah are not fables, they're not myths. They are. Real in space, time, and in history. And that's what Jesus taught. Oh, I just believe what Jesus taught. Well, so far you've got to believe the whole Old Testament. If you're going to believe what Jesus taught. So, look at, uh, we're still in chapter 17. Verse 31 or 30, even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that's in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. A lot of time when you, you hear Lot's wife pre- preached on, it's just that one verse. He's telling that to everybody that's, that's going to be here. When, when the judgment of God comes, remember Lot's wife. <laughs> that's, that's what he's saying. There's the context. Remember her. Why? The judgment of God is falling on Sodom and Gomorrah. 
And she looks back. Huh? She, you don't look back at the judgment of God. You leave it alone. You go in the direction God sends you. And you don't look back and say, oh, I wish I was still back there. And she was turned into a pillar of salt. Is that a myth? No, that's not a myth. That is real space-time history events. These are narratives of real, real events. Uh, I'm going to move on. Mark 12 real quick. Verse 26, and it's touching the dead that they rise. Have you not read in the book of Moses how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? The bush. Well, anybody that's in the at all familiar with the book of Moses wonder what book that is Genesis Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers Deuteronomy that's the book of Moses and you saw where Moses comes before the bush that burned and was not consumed and God spoke to him and he said, uh, I'm the God of Abraham, or Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. And that bush, he just said the bush. Uh, I got away from that. Anyway, look at John 6. He got away, from, I mean, I got away from that. But he said, the bush. He didn't have to say the burning bush because anybody that knows the word of God knows what bush he's talking about. There's only one bush that he could be possibly talking about. Moses at the bush. It was a burning bush. And was that a miracle? Absolutely. A bush that burned and was not consumed and Moses had a conversation with the three times holy God right there. No one that knows the Bible and believes the Bible has any doubts about that. And there we go in the Old Testament again. All right, now I was going to go to uh, John 6. Verse 32, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which came, cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. He doesn't deny the manna in the wilderness. 
He says, yes, that was true. But Moses didn't give you this bread of life. They had to go out and pick up that manna every day and twice on the sixth day. But this is the bread of God came down from heaven, meaning himself. But as he refers to that, it's not in any kind of a questionable way. It's absolute. There's no question. It is history. Real space-time history. All right? Uh, we're at John, look back, chapter 5. We've already read that, verse 46. For, verse 45, do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom you trust. Uh, Jesus was a proponent of the Mosaic authorship of the Pentateuch. For had you believed Moses, verse 46, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. You can't put it in more, any more substantial terminology there. There's no doubt. There's no question about that. That's absolute. And what Moses wrote <coughs> 500 years before that, they have access to it now at, at Jesus' time. He said, have you not read? How many times did he say that? Well, uh, back chapter 3 of John. Verse 14. I'm not time reading more than that. And as Moses, red letters now, all red letters. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He makes a connection, an absolute connection with Moses, the real historical Moses, actually lifting up a brazen serpent in the desert wilderness 500 years before that. And he says, as that was done, the Son of Man must be lifted up. So that was typical. The brazen serpent was a close type of Jesus Christ being put on the cross of Calvary. Amen. And that's the antitype, Christ on the cross. So, uh, well, I'm going to talk about David and Solomon a thousand years before Christ. Talk about Elijah and Elisha. Look at Luke 4 real quick. I want you to see that one. Verse 24. Verily I say unto you, no prophet accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah. Elias or Elijah. 
when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elijah sent, save or except unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, that's entire, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha. Elisha's, Elisha, the prophet. And none of them was clean, saving Naaman, the Syrian. Well, there's a lot of things he's teaching there. But what I want you to see that he's done, he is absolutely referring to Elijah and Elisha as true, real historical beings. And what the Bible records they did, that's what they did. Jesus didn't alter any from what the scripture says. He gave us exactly what the Old Testament said. Uh, Matthew 12. Matthew 12. Verse 39. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now, you know, the book of Jonah is looked at as just purely mythological. I can show you. I can bring the books here and show you. Uh, there, there's nothing. It was just all symbolical. Did not happen, could not happen. But now that's not what Jesus says. He said the sign of the prophet Jonas or Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. Now I'm going to say, I have no problem with what the King James translators put here. Whatever that thing was, it could be listed as a whale. So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching or because of the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Anybody that writes their little article questioning the book of Jonah, you have to call Jesus a, a fraud, a liar. This thing is presented exactly as if Jonah is a real historical being and did exactly what the Bible claims he did, and it was done by a whale. Now, while they're all laughing, oh, there ain't no whale can swallow a man. The Bible does say in the book of Jonah that God prepared a great fish or a whale. Yeah. So whatever, I think there are whales big enough that could do it. But even so, let me just give you this. Do you know what the so-called alleged scientific world, what they teach to your Kids, our kids, grandkids in school. They teach them 
that whales used to walk on legs upright. And then they went back to the ocean. And now they've got little stubs that are, what do you call a so-called, what's a wisdom tooth? Is something a, Yeah. That's what they say those little stubs are on a whale. But you know the real truth of the matter? Those are there to help that whale have a meaningful relationship with his wife so they can produce baby whales. And that's what the so-called, do I get mad? Yes, I do. I'm not mad at y'all. I am mad at Dr. Hogjaws and what those idiots try to pass, and they do pass it off on people, young people that have no better sense than to listen to them. Of course, we send them to school to listen to them. Anyhow, and then he talks about Daniel. Daniel's another book that is absolutely rim right by the liberals. No. <laughs> you can't have the word of God without the Old Testament. You can't have the New Testament without the Old Testament. I hope it's a blessing to you. I love